Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Jen, welcome to the podcast, friend. Hey, Jordan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Uh, happy to be here. You are so welcome. I'm so honored to get to chat with you. And I just can't wait for the listeners to hear more of your story. And I'm sure much, much wisdom from you. Um, But before we dive in, can you just give us a little background and tell us what you do, what you're passionate about, and just who you are? Yeah, of course. So for anyone that doesn't know me, my name is Jen Ledger. Um, the main thing I'm known for is I play drums for the rock band Skillet. And uh, last year, I also released my own solo project where I, I just sing for that. I don't play the drums for that one. And that's called Ledger. So basically, I play music for a living. I'm in two different bands. And it is a lot of fun. We play um, not only in the Christian market, but we play in active rock mainstream markets too. So I'm kind of like in between two cultures and very passionate about music and hopefully spreading hope and light through music. That's the main thing I want to do in my life. Hmm. I love it. Okay, I have to ask, how did you get involved? Were you were you playing drums since the time you were a child and then that led to opportunities with the band Skillet? Or just what was that process like getting into this career this is so interesting I love it honestly it is a really crazy story I will try and share it in as like few words as possible but basically I'm from England um I don't know if you can tell my accent doesn't sound normal I've lived in America since (laughs) I was 16 now but uh so it's a weird blend (laughs) I love it I love it oh I'm glad my English friends think I sound American but American people think I sound English so but basically I'm from England Um, when I was 16 years old uh I basically came over to do it's called the School of Worship it's a discipleship program that happens in Kenosha Wisconsin it's really small there's like 20 students or less every single year um I happen to know about it because my brother was taking drum lessons from an American guy in Coventry, England, and he recommended this school. It's honestly such a long story with crazy details that mm. basically brought me to Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is kind of the middle of nowhere. Um, I came when I was 16 years old. Uh, I came alone, so I left my family in England, but I thought I'll be back in 10 months. This will be a great like year to spend learning music. Um, I'd just given my life to Jesus that year. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a Christian. I'm really serious about my faith, but it was then that I became super serious about my mm. faith. I'd kind of grown up 
around traditional church and honestly I kind of didn't know anything about it it was very like religious but no impact on the heart let's mm-hmm. say and mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I was 16 that I was like oh wow if if this is real it, it demands my full attention you know mm-hmm. so I came over at 16 got really serious about my walk with the Lord I actually quit the drums because I was a 16 year old girl and I was around all these completely flashy drummers and musicians (laughs) and it made me think that I sucked I got so insecure I got so panicky that I was like yeah I'm never playing again clearly I'm a terrible drummer (laughs) and uh, I started learning the bass guitar and the school of worship and um, after I was 17 years old I stayed on for a second year and Skillet happens to go to the very same church in the middle of Kenosha Wisconsin and their drummer was leaving they found out that I played uh, their previous drummer was a girl, so they asked me to audition. Hmm. Um, I initially said no because I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't ever want to play the drums ever again. I suck at them. I was so insecure. <clears throat> Even playing for 200 people at church on a Sunday made me so ner- nervous and nauseous. I was like, hmm. no way. But I was praying about it, and I really felt like God was almost like stirring within me that I needed to go try out. Um, so I kind of did it out of like feeling led by prayer, Hmm. even though I had a lot of people telling me, Hey, you know, they've auditioned a bunch of session musicians in Chicago. Um, so like, and then John Cooper, he's the lead singer for Skillet. He even let me know, Hey, I'm letting you try out basically because my wife would love to have another female drummer, Hmm. but I just want to be really upfront with you. We're looking for a professional. We're not looking for a green player um and we've also already tried out a ton of you know legit people with all their own gear and a ton of experience <laughs> and you're like wow thanks <laughs> I know and I was like he's basically kind of like hey I just don't want you to get your hopes up he's actually mm. being kind though it sounds unkind because he just knew I was some girl from his church he didn't know me and he's just like I don't want this girl to get her hopes up you know mm. and I'm thinking no problem I'm only doing this because I kind of felt like God was telling me to anyway so mm. <laughs> I was like whatever fine so I go to this audition, 100% honesty, the night before the audition, I tried to play my solo piece for just two of my friends, and I was so incredibly nervous. My hands were shaking so much that as soon as my two friends were in the room, I couldn't play my solo for them. Mm. So this was just the night before my audition. So it came to the audition day. I've been practicing. I've been working for weeks at this point. And um, it was right before they were going to arrive. And I just went into another room and prayed. And I was like, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing here. I, I'm just not naturally someone that likes to perform or be in front of people. But if this is you, I just pray for your help. And I felt like he sort of reminded me of a scripture from Isaiah 41 that says, Do not fear, for I am with you. I have chosen you from the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. And I will hold you by your right hand and make you strong. And it just kind of gave me a strange peace. So I go into the audition and it's all of the band there to watch me. And I'm 17 years old and I'm just like, it's the best I've ever played. I was Mm. like, oh, so I do my solo (laughs) and it's like just completely seamless. And like, I was like, oh, um, even I was surprised. I was, you know, (laughs) acting like, yeah, normal, totally. (laughs) Fake it till you make it act like you've been there before. (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was like this is I was kind of like oh wow and they had me uh, play four different songs one of the songs I I don't know if anyone listening will care but it's um, called Tom Sawyer Hmm. by Rush and it's one of the hardest drum songs ever and um, 
I miraculously nailed it. And mm. then uh, it was almost like after I was done playing, even I was a little stunned at how well I did. Mm. So it came to the interview portion. And I'm like, oh, man, I've really misrepresented myself as a drummer. They're going to think I'm this amazing player now. And so I kind of felt the need to sabotage myself. So they're asking me these questions about myself. They're like, um, so, you know, tell us a bit about yourself. How old are you? How long have you been playing? I was like, I've been playing for about four years, which John Cooper was like, oh, my gosh. He was like, I would never have let you audition if if I'd have known you'd only been playing that long Mm. and then I was like oh and and I'm uh I'm gonna be 18 next week and he was like his jaw just dropped he's Mm. like if I had any if I had any information about you I would never ever ever have let you try out it was like kind of like wow God almost protected certain information Mm. and they're asking me and I'm like I was basically saying like I don't like the drums. They make me super nervous. If I don't get in this band, I'll probably never play again. Um, however, I said, if this is what God has for me, I will give my absolute all to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was kind of like just a journey for me. It really felt like God placed me uh, in, all, it was almost like it's his path for me because I could never have worked out all these different random details to make this all line up for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, And so I stepped into... I just turned 18 for my first show with Skillet, and it was the biggest Christian tour in the world called Winter Jam. Hmm. So I went from 200 people church on a Sunday to Winter Jam 16,000 people in an arena. And uh, that was my first ever show with Skillet, and it was also the first tour they ever decided to add, like, pyrotechnics, which is, like, fire and fireworks. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, like, of course they're going big. It almost felt like... Um, for me it's just like God can just do such impossible things if you say yes and it's like I was terrified you can imagine the fear mm. in my heart that mm. first show I'm, I'm just turned 18 just months ago I was saying I'd never play the drums again get so sick and nervous playing literally for 200 people because I hate the attention and I thought I sucked and then here I am sitting at the drums in an arena of 16,000 people um, I'm about to play like my first show and Thankfully, the band, they all prayed for me before we went on stage. And it's like, I just knew a piece of God mm. being with me and that this was something he had done. Mm. And if he if He is with you and if he has called you to something, um, all your inabilities, all of the things that you think make you unusable or make you uh, unworthy, or this is the weak, for me, it felt like the weakest part of my the things I do would be my drumming and here I am and it's like he's met me on that first show with Skillet and I've just known him with me in that same way for my entire career I've been playing with them for 11 years now around the entire world um international touring um and you know 12 million albums later I'm talking to you on the phone and it's just Mm -hmm. like sometimes God asks things of you that just feel too big and too scary for you but the wonderful thing is it probably is too big and too scary for you, but he's going to help you and it's not too big or too scary for him. Hmm. And so my life is like all about his reality. I just 100% know he is the truth. He is real. I die for this. I live for this. And if anyone's listening and they sort of sense that in their heart, like, could this be true? Um, I just want you to know that in my own life, the truth of Jesus and the fact that we can know him, know him leading us, um, know his presence it's been 
the most life-changing thing that's ever happened to me and and I can guarantee you that if you start that search you will find him hmm. uh, and it, it is something that's worth living for hmm. okay I just want to echo that first of all um so true and I think as someone who is in a different space. But first of all, thank you so much for sharing that part of your story, because I think it's so reassuring to those of us who feel like, hey, there's this vision in my heart, or there's this glimpse that I've gotten or this tug that I have. But everything Mm -hmm. in my being is saying no, like you're terrible. You can't, you know, Um, you don't fit there. And just to choose to be scared and do it anyway. And amazing. I mean, It's I've had so many similar experiences where I I mean, I never wanted to be a speaker or use my voice. It terrified me. I would sweat through my shirt thinking about it. Like I was just so, so nervous and um, (laughs) and made my fair share of mistakes and probably continue to make mistakes. But you know, there would be so many times where I would get to teach on something, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, something with life or business or faith or just any topic that I got to speak on. And sometimes these things would come out of me and I was like, what, where, where did that come from? You know, and you kind of shock yourself and you realize like, that's when you can just see, I think we hear things like God will work through you. And it sounds so like, mystical and hard to understand you know and just it sounds spooky it does and it sounds like hard to attain you're like how do I how do I channel that and make that happen you know and I love what you what you shared about how it was wasn't something that you like you were expectant and you prayed for it but you weren't like putting pressure on yourself for God to work through you you just showed up and were scared anyway like you were like I'm scared and I'm gonna do it anyway and see what happens and worst case scenario like I've heard it said like this in kind of the business world but they there was a quote that I read that said like worst case scenario you try doing this business and you have to go back to your nine to five and I I think that can apply to anything like worst case scenario you put yourself out there and go to this audition doesn't work out okay you go get a job like worst case scenario God's still going to take care of you but you may as well go for the gold and see what can happen and I love that you just Uh, chose to do it anyway (laughs) it's just amazing I think what you're saying is just absolute like gold too because I think we can have such a fear of like as you said like worse when you actually follow it through and look at the worst case scenario you're like So I felt like God was sort of telling me to go to this audition. I know that, say it went nowhere, Mm -hmm. it probably would have been a relief for me, actually. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd be like, good, Mm -hmm. because then I don't have to play the drums ever again. Right. But, you know, like, um, when you actually follow it through, too, like, imagine the alternative. Mm -hmm. I never went to the audition. I felt like God was leading me there, and I said no. Mm -hmm. The regret I would feel of feeling like I was, like, disobedient or, you know, not responding to something that I really feel like the God of the universe is leading me to. Um, I can't imagine the regret I would feel for the rest of my life. How often do you get to audition for, at that point, they were already an established touring band with tour buses full time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the regret you would feel not going for it. So anyone that is facing things like maybe as a business venture, um, I have no idea what it is you're facing. Mm-hmm. Just follow through both scenarios. One, you go for it and it fails. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, you went for it. Whereas you look at the alternative, you never went for it and you're going to live with knowing you didn't try for the rest of your life. And to me, that's just a way greater loss. And it's a, something that would keep you up at night a lot more than than trying and it not going the way you thought. Mm-hmm. Oh, so true. and Absolutely. <laughs> With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. 
Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University, that's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Okay, so I want to ask you a couple questions because, first of all, I love the story and I think this sets us up to really talk about something that I have identified in what you're doing and that you've even kind of shared. Um, One being that you are a woman, a a female drummer, which is, I feel like Mm -hmm. I don't know of many very, very many female drummers. It's just not a super common thing. And so you're also in the rock world and in the music world. And so being a female in a very male dominated space um, what has that experience been like? What is, what did, you know, can you just share a little bit about that? Cause I know so many women are in male dominated fields as well, whether it's music or technology or something else. What is that like being a woman in that space? 
<laughs> well, there's lots of funny different like things I could say about it. Um, it's going to be different than business, obviously. Mm-hmm. I live in a tour bus, and uh, so, you know, I've been doing this since I was 18 years old, and when we show up to the mainstream rock and roll, it's not going to be like going into a business meeting and mm-hmm. people just kind of overlooking you. It's literally like you get off the bus, they think you're a groupie. Mm. And uh, <laughs> it's like, I, <laughs> I know we joke about it, but sadly, it's kind of the truth. Like, rock is still very much so like, it's all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, man. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you're a female backstage, you know it. It's uh, mm. very, very clear. Your presence is known because it's just, a lot a lot of men hmm. uh not only that it's a lot of men that are drink, drinking and smoking and used to sleeping with whoever they want mm-hmm. so um that is a, me and Corey. thankfully there's another girl in the band with me hmm. you know when we're in these kind of situations we kind of walk everywhere together hmm. we never like go by the one it's just the wrong atmosphere for it i never feel like a danger for my life nothing like that mm-hmm. Um, but it has been the case where you just feel quite uncomfortable with the attention, Mm. but it's actually pretty funny too, because often, um, we get off the bus, people assume you're a groupie because why else would a girl be on the tour bus? (laughs) And then it's like, we go onto stage and completely kick butt and it's like the whole tone just changes when it's all these people backstage that are all of a sudden realizing, Oh frick! I was ogling the artist. Not, <laughs> not, you know what I mean. It's like you can sense yes. like that dynamic shift really fast. Of like they could get in trouble if they were uh, making an artist uncomfortable, but they're fine to make. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. It's pretty. I actually find some of it entertaining. <laughs> and uh, now we've been doing it for about. Uh, I've been doing it with the band for about eleven years now. So things have shifted because you know Skillet's just grown. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had some, quite some success in the mainstream now. So. Uh, this summer even going to these uh, different festivals and rock shows and um, we're actually getting a lot more respect than we used to mm-hmm. uh, just because the band is more well known and it's like oh that that it's come to the place where they know we're the musicians in Skillet mm-hmm. but we've definitely known that like so that would be a little bit different obviously mm-hmm. than a business meeting or sure. but on the other side of it I do also have being a drummer is very like it's it it's kind of hard it was one of the reasons I quit when I was younger was because I was a girl I just felt like I was terrible because I didn't play Mm. like the people around me I was around like it was kind of about like the faster and the flashier you played Mm. the better the drummer you are and if you were kind of just simple and solid you sucked Mm. so I felt like um I I thought I was terrible. That's why I quit, you know? Mm. And not only that, it was like that sense of, you only ever heard the compliment, you're good for a girl. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It was never just, you're good. Mm. So uh, there were a lot of different things that made me really shut down. Mm. And even when I got into the band, and again, as I was saying, the mainstream rock market is very much so like, it's sex, drugs, rock and roll. Um, You could sense, when we walked onto stage, the disappointment in the crowd, seeing a girl get behind the drums, it's like, oh, frick, this band's going to suck. It's like, mm-hmm. it's such a, like, they go from parties and having this great time, and then we walk up there, and you could almost feel the, oh, great, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, uh, but what was awesome was because they kind of, 
had such low expectations for girls. It's like by the first song in, I could feel the crowd change hmm. from, oh my gosh, these, these girls can play. Hmm. And um, so it was actually kind of a really, it was really interesting and discouraging, but then it was also awesome to prove people wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not just good for a girl. Corey's not just good for a girl. We're actually just in you know, not bragging on ourselves. We're great performers. Mm-hmm. We spend, we're super passionate about bringing an incredible show. And um, mm-hmm. it's, it's been a really fun journey to prove people wrong. And now like 10 years later, it's, it's wonderful because I've seen so many more girl drummers come around mm-hmm. and, um, and it's not, I don't hear as much anymore. You're good for a girl, but I just hear like you're my favorite drummer, mm. and I do feel like in the ten years I've been doing this, I've felt quite a change and shift. Um, obviously, it still happens every now and then. Like you're my favorite mm-hmm. female drummer, I'm like mm-hmm. that's fine, I'll mm-hmm. take it. I sure. don't care. <laughs> and um, I don't want to like hold be offended by things when people aren't meaning it offensive. Like sure. as a culture now, I think we need to be like giving people the benefit of sure. the doubt rather than looking for offenses you know but, um, yes can uh, can we so, just yes let's let's all just yeah can we write just, that like, down <laughs> yeah not everything is an aggression yes you know I mean? most Sometimes things are not <laughs> accidentally say things that mm-hmm. you know what I mean and I'm mm-hmm. not going to look for offense in people I mm-hmm. I actually take it as a compliment and I mm-hmm. I think that things are changing quickly even to like on tour right now uh there's a band called Pop Evil and incredible female drummer it's like it's just I think that the tides are changing and that kind of like stigma of girls sucking Mm. is uh is finally starting to change Mm. yeah so I think funny stories you know yeah (laughs) well you know what I love what you I love what you shared how you said um a little bit ago you said something about um the good ones or the seemingly good drummers were fast and flashy and mm-hmm. if you were simple and solid, it just seemed to translate to mean that it wasn't as good. And how true yeah. is that in our world? Like, how true is that? Like, the person who's fast and gets something up the fastest or who achieves something the fastest or who is flashy with what they do and is, you know, look at my Rolls Royce, look at my whatever, like, showing <laughs> off versus the one yeah. who's just kind of simple and solid yep. and consistent and showing up. It's like, that's probably, it's like, it reminds me of the tortoise and the hare. Do you remember that story? That yeah, child story? Like the one that's fast and totally. flashy and like looks really awesome. Like they're going to win everything is the one we tend to pay attention to. But the one who's steadfast yep. and simple and solid is the one who's probably going to go a lot further in life, even though they're usually Merp. what we kind of look at as a secondary. So what a piece of encouragement yeah. just for any of us who feel like Merp, I'm simple and solid and not fast and flashy. And like Becky over here is 10 times more fast and flashy than I am in whatever industry I'm in, you know? we can get so in our own head (laughs) I feel like you could do an entire like book on this now you're sharing it I'm like yeah absolutely and then (laughs) we'll co-author it (laughs) yeah I'm on it I'll I'll draw the pictures (laughs) Um, and not only that like it's just I think what you were saying is so so uh key because Mm -hmm. the things that I thought made me a terrible drummer like just like what you said I it's like I'm not super flashy I'm really solid but like I'm not all about like I can't wait to get home and learn about new gear mm-hmm. and read about new symbols. I'm just not that way. Mm-hmm. And I thought all of those things disqualified me and made me, I- I'm never going to achieve anything in this sort of like world. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is the things that I thought were my weaknesses have become the very things people love about my playing. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is like, I may not be doing like the, the fastest, flashiest uh, rudiments and finesse. Mm-hmm. However, like when I play, I 
play with like all my heart. I just throw my entire like being into what I'm playing and I'm all about entertaining, uh, putting on a show and connecting with the audience. So like whatever I'm playing, I'm trying to play with emotion. You know mm. what I mean? I'm not as concerned about my technique. I'm not as concerned about every every hit being completely perfect. I'm concerned about connecting and I'm concerned mm. about passion showing mm. through. And it's just so funny that that's ended up being the very thing people love about my playing. If anyone's come to a skillet show and cares about drums, they'll be like, man, that girl drummer, she just like goes like crazy, you know what mm. I mean? Or whatever. They, they like yeah. that. And they like that. They're like, you just look like you're having the best time up there. Mm. And so I guess I just want to encourage anyone that does feel like I'm not getting noticed because I don't do it their way. Or there are other things that are more eye catching mm. for sure. But what I've found for me is actually resting in who I am and resting in the things that I naturally love to do. Like whatever it is you do, do it well Mm -hmm. and rest in it Mm -hmm. and don't try to be like the person to your left and the right because it's not authentic and people don't connect with stuff when you're trying to be someone else, but they do connect with you just being you, even if it's not the flashiest and even if it's a completely different approach than everyone else has. I just feel like, for me, resting in the stuff that I really love about the drums ended up being the key to to connecting with people in a way that had I tried to pursue the other, which I didn't really like anyway, um, mm. it would never have had the same impact. So, yeah, you really, I really like what you're saying. Mm. I'm like, let's, let's write that book. <laughs> yes, I love it. Well, it's so true. And I think it's such a tangible example that you gave, but I think it applies in so many different spaces. And so thank you for sharing that because it really does have a lot of, Uh, truth to it and a lot of um, encouragement to it I mean especially you know I think I've I've experienced such similar feelings there's so many times both at being in kind of the author speaker space in some ways it's kind of a weird hybrid of and I never really know how to describe it because I'm like in some ways it's performing and it's kind of the entertainment world and that I speak and that I create like my own form of having a record with a book but then it's also kind yeah. of in the it's kind of in the entrepreneurial world too and it's kind of this hybrid and I always kind of feel like I don't really know which one I fit in and I look at the entertainment space and these really amazing female speakers and even male speakers who are just crushing it and they're funny and they're fast and they're like always mm. on it and I'm like well here I am I just have a story I'll tell you a story and I have a couple lessons like I'm very simple <laughs> in my approach and I'm not like somebody yeah. who's got like you know, a huge dance, like, or, you know, theme song that I walk out to. And I'm just like, well, I guess I'm just going to own the way that I do things, you know? So I appreciate that a lot. (laughs) And you know what, like, too, we just need to not measure our success, mm -hmm. like, by um, numbers or, like, by, do you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, like, not to sound super morbid, but you've got such a short breath of life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't last long. And all you can be, uh, like, accountable for and all you can, like, give is, this is what I had and I gave it my all. And not stress about, like, like for me, like, working on the Ledger Project or whatever. Mm. This is something I knew I was meant to go for. Mm. Don't stress about the numbers. Don't stress about, well, this person to my right, you know, has a platinum selling album and mine sold X, you know. Mm -hmm. You can kind of quickly measure your success by – comparing to your, mm. to the left and the right and it's just like man that stuff just doesn't matter you've got one breath of life all you need to know is you went for it and mm-hmm. you know maybe you only had four people listening to you but you made a massive impact on those mm-hmm. four and and like I just think that 
impacting in a small way is nothing to look down upon. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I actually think maybe sometimes it shows more character and, mm-hmm. and like to, to not need praise, to not need the adoration or yeah. the acknowledgement, but still continue to be faithful to what you feel passionate about. Like, mm-hmm. are you still passionate about it if you're unseen? Are you still passionate about it if if you don't get the, the pat on the back, you mm-hmm. know? And that kind of shows where your heart's really at. So and true. I just think like... Yeah, like anyone that's listening, if you feel like you're just digging in, digging in, digging in and not seeing um, the kind of like success to the people in the left and the right, don't stress. All you can do is be faithful to the things in front of you mm-hmm. and uh, and know that you lived a life that you can be proud of mm-hmm. and speaking a message and um, pouring into things that you feel passionate about. And, and don't worry about the rest of it because it's just too much weight to carry and totally. we don't need it. You know, it's yeah. just, it's just worldly and it's not actually the truth. You know, this is exactly why I wrote on your every day because it's the exact same feeling. Like the, the idea of at the end of my life, will I get to a place where I'm not measuring success. It's not that there's anything wrong with having some like the tangible mm-hmm. success, but I'm not measuring it by it's, did I, did I give my all? Did I show up mm-hmm. every day, even if it wasn't flashy and, reach my fullest potential and give everything that mm-hmm. I had. And I think we often think, oh, fullest potential would be if I had a platinum, right? Or if I had an X. Yeah. Those are those yep. are trophies, not potential. And I think sometimes Absolutely. we live for the trophy mm-hmm. and we overlook the potential that we actually could have, even just with, you, with what you were saying about the smaller crowd and whatnot. Like I remember some of my earlier speaking events and you know, there's still speaking events now where it's like, Oh, this is a smaller crowd or this isn't quite what I've done before. And we can get so caught up in numbers like that. And I remember being challenged by, Hey, will you serve if there's only five or will you serve or will you serve if there's five or will you only serve if there's 5,000? And that really connected me because it was like, it's the same message and I'm still speaking to individuals. I'm still sharing with individuals like why have I mm-hmm. why do you get so caught up in that so I'm I love that you shared that and I think it, it along with a lot of these lessons that you've learned in this process I want to kind of go back to something that you had said a minute and not too long ago about um just kind of being a female in this dom you know some somewhat male dominated space and I love that you know you're seeing how it's shifting and whatnot but um one thing that I'm curious about is um this there's this idea and I think there's this general idea that in order to be a successful woman um, in these spaces that may have been more male dominated that you have to somehow be aggressive and I think that's definitely been true in the corporate world or I've heard stories of that and I remember even people women I know that you know are in a different generation saying you know when women were breaking into the workplace we had to be aggressive to get what we wanted to get men to pay attention and I'm curious if that's been your experience and I've, I've really started to look at and, ana- and analyze the difference between especially in this culture where it's really like this male female thing seems to really be almost like it's changing and shifting in many positive ways, but I also sense that there's some sort of like competition. I think that can sometimes happen unintentionally. Mm-hmm. And I think I've been starting to think about this of like, is aggression the right route or is it just, is there maybe a, a gentle assertiveness that we can bring? And so I'm just curious what your take is on aggression versus being assertive, but respectful as a woman in a space that may be you know, heavily dominated either by men or just by people who don't believe like we do. Like you just shared about, you know, your story Mm -hmm. and being a woman of faith, being in the mainstream rock and roll world. There's a lot of women in mainstream markets or areas or industries, and they feel a little bit outnumbered. And I think Mm -hmm. there's that pressure to have your voice heard or to 
you know, move the needle in the direction you want to go to some or to get your message across that there's some sort of pressure to be aggressive or to be almost like loud or bold. Like we almost equate boldness and courage and empowerment to like loudness and flashiness and Mm -hmm. aggression. And I'm just curious what your thought is on that. You know, my, I see that in the business world. I see that, um, I do know exactly what you're talking about, mm-hmm. even the way it's represented in media and stuff. I've mm-hmm. noticed it. And it, it does seem like sometimes it's just the loudest voices mm-hmm. at this point that are being heard. They may not actually have much to what they're saying, mm-hmm. but zero substance and zero argument. But we've become a culture of like whoever can say it the loudest seems mm-hmm. to have the biggest voice and the biggest sway. And, um, yeah, I see it. It's actually kind of a very different pressure for me, actually. Um, for me and Corey, it's, it's not in the rock and roll world and in the music world. Um, it's, it's actually the opposite. We feel a pressure of, um, you know, as we were saying, like, maybe I won't have a platinum album, but it's because I don't want to take my clothes off on the front of an album. And you can't sell me as easy as you can sell a girl that's buck naked. And you can't sell me who I will not sing lyrics about sex and drugs. I won't sing lyrics about hooking up with a guy. I think Mm -hmm. it's dangerous. I think it's painful. I think it's harmful. Mm -hmm. There's things that I will not sing about and I will not do because at the end of my life, I want to stand and be proud of who I am. Mm -hmm. And it makes me not as sellable as an artist. So it is, I know what you're talking about with the aggression, but for Mm -hmm. me, the pressure is because it is male dominated especially in the rock world um it's kind of like if you're not up there in a corset with your cleavage out um why even try you know what i mean and there's this like maybe we'd sell i'd I'd be able to sell a lot more albums if i got naked you Mm. know and there's a different pressure because women are so overly sexualized but that's something I feel super proud of me and Corey for is that we've never compromised. Mm. We've got up there in crowds where, you know, we're fully dressed and fully covered. We still look cute though. Mm. You know, I'm not like sure. trying to look like, I don't know, but <laughs> you know, but we want to be, I want to show all of your daughters and your sisters and your, you know, your friends that are girls that you don't have to take your clothes off to be respected and to get, to get attention and success. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to play the drums and people are going to respect me because I've worked hard at my craft and I've actually come up here and done a good job at the thing that I'm meant to. I'm not going to do take, you know, have my boobs out just to make this, you know, Mm -hmm. get more attention and then you don't really care how I'm playing the drums. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think as being a woman in, um, in any of these sort of different, worlds where there's just a pressure to be something that you're not to succeed Mm. uh I guess I don't know I'm not in the business world in the in that way but for me I'm like even if it means I don't get the attention or the success as the people to my left and right I'd still rather be proud and stand up and be an example for um young girls um I Mm. feel super passionate about that like if you look at my life, I hope it leads you in a way that isn't going to lead you to sex, drugs, rock and roll mm. and, you know, general like mm-hmm. harmfulness, you know. And not only that, like it's I don't think it's empowering to take your clothes off. I think it's actually a part of the problem with people, mm. women being womanized. Like mm. we can say it's empowering all we want, 
but we're still having people look at our bodies. Uh, you can think right. that it's empowering. I think it's, again, sexualizing us. So mm. I just kind of want to, it is quite different, the pressures that we feel. Um, but if mm. it means that I have a smaller album because of it, yeah. I'm 100% happy because mm. that's something I'd uh I'll look back and not regret compromising on just to get the extra. Yep. Yeah, maybe you got a platinum album at the end of it, but you also feel like you lost who you were in the middle mm. too. So um, for anyone that is feeling those pressures, feeling like I'm just getting overlooked, maybe you are, but you need to like figure out your convictions. And if you're okay to be overlooked, but you feel proud of who you are, then then that's where you stand um, and just uh, – be a person of conviction for what you feel like you want to represent you know what I mean mm. and I just don't know if us playing other people at their own game is always helpful though it can I don't I do understand that it just feels like some people are the the louder most aggressive and they're the ones getting all the success and it's like yeah but do you really want to like tell your kids that this is who you were and mm. is this you know what I mean is this who you want to be yeah. Uh, for me, I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, you know, it was funny. I was going to say, what was you? I was going to ask you for a piece of advice for a woman who's trying to experience and find her own success, whether that's in a male-dominated space or not, or in a mainstream space or not, or in a space that feels like a lot of pressure to perform, to yeah. you know, to be something that you're not. But I think you just nailed it. So forget that question. <laughs> <laughs> you gave it to us anyway. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, a plus great. on my test. Yes, there you go. No, it was. It's so good and it's so true. And I think that is something that can be so hard because there are these things that can feel like shortcuts. Um, you know, okay, if I just did this or if I just cut this corner, if I just compromised here or just gave a little there, um, you know, maybe there would be a way to expedite this process or yeah, um, totally. grow this process and. Man, I, I totally understand that pressure, and I think so many of us can feel it. And I think there's also this learning how to find the balance, I, even with what you're sharing, um, of how do I confidently step into spaces that are, you know, aligned with my belief set and my value set, and also confidently mm-hmm. step into those that are not, and you know, be respectful of where I'm at, but also bold in who I am, and remain true to mm-hmm. my convictions. And um, learning to—that's a tough line to toe. But I love that. I love that skill. It's doing that. I love that you are. Doing doing that um, and learning to do it well and to do it courageously and wisely because I think it can be almost somewhat easy to stay in um, kind of our corners like well this is where I know I'm comfortable and where people agree Mm -hmm. or generally agree with my convictions Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to stay here and not that there's anything wrong with that I think there's definitely you know spaces and time for that but I know that as a person too uh, that's you know creating and has very similar convictions and wanting to be that example, I kind of had this challenge and I felt like God challenged me to, Hey, remain true to your convictions, but don't live in an echo chamber. And that's a challenge. I think because then Mm -hmm. you get out of this quote unquote echo chamber or this space that feels safe and comfortable where, you know, you know that your convictions are respected and agreed with in the most, for the most part Mm -hmm. to then step into this space where there are these pressures and these new things that you kind of have to navigate and learning to do those well without compromising, but also without um, making other people completely uncomfortable either. You know, you want to make sure people feel loved, but not compromising. I think we sometimes, we, we compromise in the name of making other people feel loved or in the name of making other things 
successful and that's still compromising, you know? So it's like, what does that look like? And I think, I don't think any of us do it perfectly. I'm sure there's times where, you know, we kind of have to navigate that and we might slip or trip or, you know, skin our knee or make a mistake and realize, oh wait, maybe I need to say that differently or I need to do this differently next time. And it's part of the learning process, but it's just holding on and remaining true to those things. And looking back, I think at your life, not only at the end of your life, but I think at the end of every day and saying, was mm-hmm. was I proud of who I was today? Did I show up as yeah. the person I believe God made me to be today? And if not, mm-hmm. if there was an area in which I could change, how can I improve tomorrow? And I think that's the question yeah. we should continually ask ourselves in these spaces. I don't know. I could be wrong, but <laughs> I just feel like that's really no, I think what you've great. shared. So it's, yeah. it's great. And I think it's easy to, to like, um, you know, I'm standing up for what I believe. I'm standing up for whatever it is, uh, for, mm-hmm. no matter what. And then it's like, yeah, but if it doesn't actually cost you anything at all, have you really stood up for anything? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if it's the case that you're, I'm standing up for what I believe in front of a crowd of people that I already know believe the same thing yeah. as me and will clap me for saying it, that's very different than these people won't agree, mm-hmm. but I'm still not going to move on what I believe and mm-hmm. I'm not going to compromise and it's going to cost me a promotion mm-hmm. or it's going to cost me success, it's going to cost me popularity, mm-hmm. it's going to... I think that we have become a culture of like celebrating, oh my gosh, they're standing up for what they believe, but it's also what you believe. Yeah. And we actually have become a culture that isn't able to have people disagree, have yeah. people, it actually costs something for you to stand up for what you believe mm-hmm. now, you know? And um, I think that don't be uh, discouraged and don't be defeated if it costs you things. Yeah that's actually what it means to stand up for something you believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just getting adored and patted on the back, uh, that's not the same thing. That's just being on trend and being popular. Yep. You know. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I guess I just want to encourage anyone that is listening. That's like, um, uh, you know, but if I do stand up for what I believe, then it, it might mean this, it might mean that. And it's like, Anytime we read any historical figure or, you know, martyr or whatever, people that we look up to, heroes in history, um, it's always cost them something. And it's easy to praise when it's not you and you're outside of the time, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's historical and we read it and we think it's so brave. Um, but that's actually what it means right now to stand up for what you believe in and being brave. It means it's probably going to cost you something. Yeah. And if it is the case that you're like... Um, standing up for what you believe but everyone's celebrating you and it's act, it's what everyone else in the room thinks mm-hmm. it's just not the same thing and uh so don't be discouraged don't be defeated um you know no matter what it costs you uh you're gonna feel more victorious and more proud of who you are at the end of your life knowing that you stood up for your convictions you didn't lose who you wanted to be you know you're gonna have but this is the whole reason I wanted to do the Ledger Project, actually, was because I was noticing how many girls were telling me they were learning the drums because of me or mm. they were changing their hair color to copy me. Mm. And I just thought, wow, I can't believe God would allow me this honor and privilege of having a platform of influence. Mm-hmm. And I just take it so seriously. Like, these people are looking to me and what I say and what I do and I kind of thought, how can I be even more vocal in a world where it's all about reality TV stars and Mm. Instagram influencers? And it's like, you've got to be famous. You've got to be beautiful. You've got to be rich. Um, These are the things that matter. If you're not pretty, fix it. If you're not, you know what I mean? Like, Mm. 
this is the kind of like what we're bombarding our young people with. And so I just really felt like, how can I use this window where people care what I say? Yeah. <laughs> Got a short time where people are listening. And um, how can I use it in an even more vocal way? And that's why I started writing my own music and, and did the Ledger Project also, because obviously I love drumming and I'm super happy to be used in that way. But through songwriting and, and writing your own lyrics, it's, it's another way to get clear messages out there to sort of show who you are in a more specific and vocal way. Hmm. And so I just kind of wanted to be like using all the different avenues that God's given me right now as much as possible to be an example of something else, you know, mm. to be an example of, you know what, I'll never get naked for a, for a hit song. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and you don't have to either. And I can still be proud of who I am, even if the numbers don't blow up. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, I just kind of want to be... Um, an influence to young people um, that are just hearing so many conflicting uh, messages all the time. And I hope I can be one that like parents would be fine with their kids following and Mm -hmm. young girls can be proud of, you know what I mean? Uh, I know I'm kind of rambling now, but, but this is all the stuff that makes me super passionate. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I hope that anyone that's listening can feel empowered and no matter the cost, just to live a life that you feel super proud of. Mm -hmm. It's so true. It's so good. And I love what you shared about really considering the influence you have a privilege um, and something to steward well in the short blip of time mm-hmm. that we have it. I think we've become a world that lives for that as if that's the end game, becoming somehow mm-hmm. famous and known and whatnot. And while there's certainly nothing wrong with that, obviously, you know, there's those of us who want to be entertainers or who want to grow. But I think when that becomes what your end game is versus your opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like I think even thinking of it as like, is the end game, the being known is the end game, the influence or is the influence that we might be entrusted with the open door to the end game, which Mm. is ultimately influencing people's lives in a much more Mm. eternal, bigger, wholesome way. And I think we need more wholesome influence um, and honorable messaging. So I, I'm so thankful that you exist, um, especially, oh. <laughs> you know, just really just getting to know you is so I feel like we're very kindred spirits in many ways. Um, thankfully, I don't I wouldn't have to get naked for a book cover. So that's good. Um, but I guess that, yeah, yeah. You never know. <laughs> but all that to say, it can still be a very, you know, you focused, I individualistic world and yeah. learning how to, you know, use whatever influence might that might be given whether that's you know on a stage or um in a classroom or uh, online or in a workplace whatever it is it's like learning to remember that I am not the end game the reason I have this position whatever it might be isn't ultimately for me it's for what I'm supposed to do with it and just keeping that perspective Mm -hmm. I think takes that pressure off in so many ways to compromise and to change Mm -hmm. who you are or you know what you want to do or what you're called to do to appease a crowd or an industry or others so such Mm -hmm. good advice such good wisdom Jen thank you so much for your time and for being on where can everyone find you if they want to follow along on social media I mean I'm sure they all if they haven't listened to the music need to so like just a little <laughs> side note there um but where can they find you on social media if they want to follow more of the journey yeah of course um first of all thank you for having me on i've really enjoyed chatting with you and it's awesome to just be a part of something that is talking about these issues and hopefully empowering people you know to just stand up for what they believe and like 
and not feel defeated by the world. The world can just knock you down sometimes mm -hmm. and feel like a battle. And I just hope that this conversation today can sort of remind us all, yeah, it is a battle, but where mm -hmm. do we like want to stand and where do we want to fall, you know, like, um, and I just feel honored to be a part of it. So thank you. And then, yes, uh, social media. I'm just at Jen Ledger on uh, Twitter and Instagram and then Facebook. Oh, crap. I think I'm like <laughs> Ledger Music. I'm not sure. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, but yes. But if you follow me at Jen Ledger um, on Twitter and Instagram, you'll be able to find all of the other information from there anyway. Awesome. Well, we are, I will make sure I link it in the show notes if anyone wants to follow Jen. And um, yeah, just thank you so much again. It's been so much fun chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking the screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University, that's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.